It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And a Monday morning that sees the mask mandate coming to an end in this country and the majority of the COVID restrictions now being uh, lifted. And and I have to say the mask mandate and COVID and everything to do with restrictions were probably the furthest thing from my mind this weekend. I don't know if it was just me or were you the same? I just seem to have spent the whole weekend thinking about the people in Ukraine. I, Saturday I spent way too much time on news channels and on social media trying to get as much information as I could to the point I think I just got overwhelmed by it all. Some of the stories coming out, some of the heartbreaking stories coming out from uh, Ukraine and because of that I think Saturday night I had a really bad night's sleep. I kept waking up and every time I woke up I was thinking oh my God I wonder is there an air raid siren going off in Ukraine or people rushing to the nearest bomb uh, shelter. I just couldn't get the people of Ukraine out of uh, my mind and that's where we're going to start the programme this morning because I want to catch up with Eugene O'Sullivan. Eugene joined us on the programme last week. Eugene is a native of Bantry but he's living in Ukraine and he's made the decision to stay in Ukraine with his family and we want to see how he's getting on this Monday morning. Good morning to you Eugene. Uh, Patricia, good morning to you and good afternoon from you. Good, from indeed, you. it's 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 afternoon where you are. Okay, what, what, how did your weekend go? Look, the weekend was all okay here. Um, uh, on uh, Saturday night, we heard a lot of gunfire uh, outside the area. But anyway, um, we don't don't really know what it is. Right? Uh, it's the humanitarian issue is the big thing. Um, we, we're all, I am okay and we are okay at the moment. It's the people who are in the big cities, it's just absolute mayhem what's going on. And the tens of thousands of people who are flocking to the borders to get out of Ukraine? People who are flocking to the border, I have a friend in Lviv, uh, which is a city in West Ukraine, and he said it's just chaotic there, there's traffic jams, uh, just imagine the M50 around Dublin. You have an M- you have a, a ring road around the wave. It's just choked with traffic. Uh, just imagine, Patricia, a queue of cars from Cork to Bantry. My God, that's how bad it is. And some people are abandoning their cars and walking the last ten kilometres to the border and going across there. And some people are waiting from between two and a half, three days. It could even be more now, Patricia, with the queue of people. And just imagine you're there, standing in that queue. You have no toilet facilities. You have no water, and you're running low on, on food. 
you also can't get food because you can't leave the queue. And also as well, if you do go for food, there's no food hardly in the shops because they can't get deliveries to the shops. Because of the traffic jam, trucks can't even get well, even get in. Well, because the traffic jams are one thing, yeah. but they can't they can't get deliveries on the roads as well because some roads are closed and there's bombings. Another guy told me he had to get out of Kiev. He had to do ten kilometers of detour in order to sorry yeah he had to do ten kilometers of a detour in order to get two kilometers on the main road because the main road was blocked. Yeah, and I know there's bridges blown up, so you know people would yeah, be would be using their normal route out to discover. Well, that we can't get over that bridge because the bridge is gone. That's right. It may be showing on your sat nav that it's okay to go that road, but when you get there, it can be blocked by Ukrainian military or it could be taken over by Russian troops. And Eugene, the one thing that gave me some kind of hope, I suppose, over the weekend was watching the outpouring of support for Ukraine from around the world. Are you getting access to all of that video footage that we're seeing from around the world? Yes, 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 we are. We are. And if you're looking on the Russian sites, then uh, what you're getting is that Ukraine are a bunch of Nazis. This is what's being peddled. I mean, that's has to be taught you wrong because Zelensky is a Jew himself who is the Ukrainian president. That that doesn't wash anyway. Yeah, and I saw President um the president say, speaking directly to the Belarusian people, because there's talks now that the Belarusian troops are going to move in. And, and I saw him make a very impassionate plea uh, to the people of Belarus. And he made the point, you know, that during the invasion of Russia by the Nazis, the Belarusians and the Ukraine stood side by side. And, and yeah, suddenly, yeah, and suddenly it, 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 they want to turn on, on people who are almost like their brothers. Well, that's that's the sad thing about it. They're all intertwined. Okay, there's talks going on. Is is it today the talks are happening between... Uh, the talks happened, uh, uh, began at uh, 9 o'clock Irish time, which would be 11 o'clock here. Okay. Uh, on, the Belarus, on the Belarusian and Ukrainian border between uh, government representatives from uh, Ukraine and from Russia. And uh, how these talks are going to go, we don't know. Um, hopefully, these talks will lead to a ceasefire, which would be brilliant. It will save the mayhem and the destruction of more of Ukraine that would happen if they fail. If they do fail, it would be absolute carnage. I would also be very, very worried as well. Are these talks a trap to allow the Russians to bring in more deadlier missiles therapeutic bombs, phosphorus bombs, chemical weapons. Uh, that's all I would be afraid of, and that they're being duped and tricked. I could be wrong, but you, you can never turn down having talks. And listen to Putin saying about the nuclear deterrent. It would not put me... I, I wouldn't put it past him that if push came to shove, that he would use it. Remember, he has taken over... The Russians have taken over the Chernobyl nuclear area. We can always say that a Ukrainian missile hit it and uh, released a whole lot of radiation. This is what the pro- this is the kind of propaganda you could listen. You would have to listen to. Is it hard to trust anything that comes out of Putin's mouth? 
Well, no, no. I, I, I would put nothing past him. And another thing as well, his own people could be turning against him in his own uh, government. Who knows? You understand? I yeah, mean, his back yeah. is really to the wall. And just remember, the, remember the saying is that uh, a dying wasp can always give you an awful sting. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be with you on that. I'm, I'm really fearful. So, uh, what, what can you plan? What, what I mean, what kind of a week are you expecting to have? I mean, I, I'm assuming you're not going to work today. No, no, there's, there's hardly no, very few people working only just essential services. Uh, every time you hear a noise, even if it's only a truck passing that's empty, you hear where a truck will rumble or a trailer. Mm. You're, you're always alert. You're always alert for the worst and you have to be ready at all times. And are you sticking to your decision, Eugene, to remain in Ukraine? Oh, no. You, 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 there's no way out now. You're stuck here. That's it now. I wouldn't even think of going going anywhere. Even to the next town I wouldn't go. Let alone <laughs> think about going to Ireland. This war will have to end sometime. It can't go on forever. Okay, listen, we'll check in with you again uh, during the week, okay? Just look after yourself. And and you're, I know when we spoke with you on Friday, you are stocked up for at least two weeks anyway. Are you, you're still okay? Yeah, we are, but, yeah, but we, I still will be able to get access to, to supplies because all, the, all of us locals here stick together. Okay. All right, will you and, mind? Uh, just, and, and, just, and just... I'm there as well. Yeah. yeah. Just before I go, I just want to say hi to Natasha as well, who is from Ukraine. Um, she's from the East and her father is in a lot worse situation than what I am. And is Natasha here? She's actually in Cork. She's in Cork. She's in Cork, all right, because I'm going to be speaking with um, Svetlana, another um, Ukrainian girl, in in a moment. And what were you saying? Natasha's dad is in a worse situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She was telling me he's he's actually down, has spent a few nights in a bunker because he's in East Ukraine, really in the thick of it. It's really hard. It's really hard. Okay, just look after yourself, Eugene, and we'll check in with you again during the week, okay? Okay, Patricia. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Eugene O'Sullivan, they're a native of uh, Bantry, living in Donetsky in uh, the Ukraine. It's just, it's hard to even imagine uh, what day to day living is like uh, for all of them. And you know, Eugene mentioning Vladimir Putin's nuclear threat at the the weekend. I mean, to me, a real watershed moment uh, in this war. But it is seen as it's likely intended to deter further Western involvement in the war of Ukraine. That's the reason they reckon uh, Putin floated this idea at the weekend. The Russian leaders uh, will have read the calls from the Ukrainians for a no-fly zone over their over their country, which obviously the Ukrainians wanted to be released by the NATO air forces. But of course, all of the Western governments rejected the idea, saying no, NATO has no intention of going to war with Russia. But what you have is you've Vladimir Putin being totally paranoid and he won't take their word. He won't trust anyone to me, it could be because no one will trust anything that comes out of his mouth and therefore he trusts absolutely no one. And then putting nuclear forces on uh, alert on this line of reasoning is intended to send the simple message to NATO and the rest of the Western world, keep out of this war and if you don't, look what I have. I've got nuclear war warheads. And obviously as well, there's the veiled threat 
that, you know, the nuclear warheads are not going to be used in the Ukraine. He could target them on any of the Western cities. He could aim one towards Berlin, London, uh, New York, any of those um, it could be under uh, threat. And that to me was the real, real watershed at the at the weekend. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's it's reckless. This nuclear threat is absolutely reckless, but it is a reminder to the world that we need to bring an end, a conclusion. We need to bring a conclusion to this uh, war because as long as it continues, there is the risk that the conflict could escalate and it could spread in words that are really hard to uh, predict. And as Eugene uh, touched on it, the big fear would be if you had... President Putin, who feels he's running out of options, could he then be most uh, dangerous? I mean, it just doesn't bear uh, thinking of. So while that was all going on at the weekend, watching a lot of the TV coverage, you know, the one thing that got to me was the resolve and strength and resilience of the Ukraine uh, people. Watching them in these pictures in the papers today of volunteers sitting in a square in one of the cities preparing the Molotov cocktails, the petrol bombs inside in the glass bottle and to see these men, women and children, they'd been given the recipe of, I don't, you know, I don't know what, how you make a Molotov cocktail but they were seems to be simple enough to make it, they were given the recipe of how to do it and they were all sitting around gathered and everybody was uh, helping out and then I was watching in one of the squares uh, then you saw all the people making the Molotov cocktails and then in, in the background it looked like it was either a town hall or a library or something This where people with the men and the women were going up to sign up for the army and then people from their own homes were bringing in any spare blankets that they had, any spare duvets that they had and anything that they could give to help out the soldiers and I'm thinking these are people who need every little bit that they have themselves and they're willingly handing it over to share with others and in particular uh, to share with the uh, army and some of the scenes that were coming from the borders I found particularly difficult to watch you know families embracing each other men bringing their wives and children to the border and then letting them pass over safely into Poland or Romania or whatever country they were getting passage to and then the men had to go back and fight and you know seeing a little boy a dad putting his little boy on a train and, and saying to him you've got to be brave for mama and you know and the little boy crying and the mother knowing she might never see her husband and father for a child again I just it was just it, it was reminiscent of what happened during the Second World War and you know something that happened 80 years ago did we ever think we would be facing similar scenes again and that most of the news channels were playing the air raid silence sirens over the weekend and again reminiscent of what would have happened during the Second World War and it just just sent absolute shivers down my spine and you would have an older generation of people living in Ukraine who would have lived through the through that Second World War and of course a lot of the younger people today, their parents and grandparents lived through it and they've grown up with the stories of what it was like to live in a war situation with the Nazis attacking them and suddenly now for Russia to accuse these people of suddenly becoming Nazis just doesn't make absolutely any sense at all. But in the midst of it all then is the kindness of strangers and when you see the scenes at the border and there's lots of reports in the papers today, I mean there was there was one woman in particular, she was had just returned to Poland, she'd been working in Germany and she said she was at a loose end and she switched on the TV and she was watching what was happening on all these Ukrainians fleeing 
fleeing and she, you know, she realised that they were coming over the Polish border and she said, I need to do something. So she got into her car. She lives in Krakow in Poland and she drove 242 kilometres east to get to a border post and she had a homemade sign and she stood out there with her little homemade handheld sign offering a lift and a bed uh, for anyone who could fit into her car and this young couple came forward with a newborn baby and she said look come home with me and and she, and she brought them home and on that same border post you know, there was a queue of a line of Polish scouts and they were all lined up and they were loading donations of nappies. You know, they were forming like a human chain of nappies and food and uh, clothing and they were passing it into the railway station steps in the arrival halls and there was a Polish volunteer with a megaphone and relaying requests for lifts and saying to people, there's buses going if you're going to be reunited with your family and just everybody there to help out and do whatever they could to help the people and seemingly they got just a most fantastic welcome when they arrived in uh, Poland. And, you know, it struck me as I watched these people and some of them, as Eugene said, getting out of their cars and walking to the border because they realised they lack not maybe enough petrol in the car to make it all the way or the queue was taking too long. They're hours and hours sitting in the car and it's freezing conditions and, you know, the snow was coming down and they said, you know, they might as well walk. So they dragged their suitcases uh, with them. And, you know, it struck me this time last week, those people were living very normal normal lives. This was a very normal Monday in Ukraine with people getting up and going out to work and suddenly they reckon 400,000 civilians and mainly women and children have now fled into neighbouring countries and are now suddenly war refugees and in a very, very short period of time. As I say, our hearts go out to the people of Ukraine and we stand united with them for sure. I've literally just been handed a boiled water notice which has been issued for Kilavolan public water supply and this comes in with immediate effect following consultation with the HSC Irish Water and Cork County Council. A boil water notice is for for consumers uh, who get their water from Kilavolum public water supply. The boiled water notice has been put in place due to high levels of tuberty in the borehole supply uh, causing the Kilavolum water treatment plant to shut down. The notice affects, they reckon, about 810 people supplied by the Kilavolum water supply. And vulnerable customers are reminded that the water is safe to consume once boiled. But water in Kilavolum must be boiled for drinking, drinks made with water, preparation of salads and similar food which are not cooked prior to eating. You also can only use boiled water for brushing of teeth. If you've got any ice made in your fridges or freezers, discard and then make your ice from cooled, boiled uh, water and they're hoping to have it lifted as soon as uh, possible. But at the moment that boiled water notice is now officially in for kilovolume public water supply. 0818103103 We'll keep you updated on that when, if any more breaks on that. John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 Court today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie While our thoughts and prayers are very much with the people of uh, Ukraine what is it like to have family living in the living there at the moment. Well, to try to get an insight, Svetlana, who is living in Ireland and has been living in Cork for the last 19 years, uh, is originally from Ukraine. And Svetlana joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Svetlana. 
Hi, good morning. Uh, you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Uh, tell me about your family and where they're living and what family do you have in, in Ukraine? Um, that's the southwestern part of Ukraine. Um, it's just around 40 kilometres from the uh, Romanian border. Okay. And um, actually we have very difficulty now to... Um, I know that... Um, sorry. is the um, Irish Taoiseach announced that uh, we can take the all family and relatives from Ukraine. But now is a very bad situation with the transport and it's a big queue on the Romanian border. So, okay, I have two sisters. I have mother, mom, my mom. I have uh, the, the two nephews, seven nieces, and my sister's husband is all in Chernovsky, my city um, where I'm from originally is Chernovsky. And what is the situa- situation like in Chernozzi at the moment? In Chernozzi, thanks God, we have not uh, yet, n- not bombed yet. So that I think is the only city uh, with, now, with no bombing yet. It's very good and finger crossed it never will be there. Um, but very frustrating for all citizens, from all People who live in Ukraine now, especially, whole Ukraine is in terrible situation. Yeah, because life has suddenly changed, and and, and I'm assuming your family's day to day life is now very different. Yeah, uh, it's a very bad situation with the all uh, communication with the uh, shops. Uh, they know. Like much food left it because people in the panic, and my sister says there's no eggs, no oil, um, no bread, no flavor in the shop left. You know, no any greens. Yeah, and and no way of getting deliveries of. Sorry. There's no way for deliveries to get in with it with 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 new stock. There's there's nothing coming into the shops. Uh, yeah, it's very hard, but. No, it's some uh, product is come back to the shelf, but okay. it's, I think it's a problem because all uh, um, all East um, Ukraine, all part of East of Ukraine is now have a fight, um, is a battle, and I think the transport is afraid to deliver. Mm. You know, because that is disaster when you're driving and some bombs can be in any minutes to explode behind you or especially in the road. And I'm very worried because, we, I, of course, I will send some uh, money to my family and help them to buy something because I'm here with in nice country and my family in very bad situation. Um, I don't know how, how I can... Um, take my family from Ukraine because my mom is 73 year old and she's so ill person and we have no transport to deliver her to the board and if you finally reach to the border uh, the people staying there around 20-24 hours just to get to the gate 
Yeah, we're, we're seeing those scenes of the huge queues at all of the borders. I know a lot of the focus is on the, the border with Poland, but I'm assuming the same scenes are on the port, the border with Romania. And because you're, you're, and it's only, you're only 40 kilometres, they're close enough to the border. I, I, I imagine, that are they seeing a lot of refugees coming from the east, trying to go across the border? Yes, um, that's lots of people uh, coming from the east. And also uh, my city, Chernovtsi, is open um, to um, charity um, places for holding the people who are refugee who leave their cities. Uh, they provide with the food, uh, they give them, that's all people, what they have in house, uh, warm clothes, bed, uh, mattress. Um, the television all the time announced that if anybody can um, share the house with that people, with those people, and because Ukrainian people are really help each other. And uh, and I take it you're watching all the TV footage no, that we're yes, we're watching, and the that's time. that's the one thing, Svetlana. Right across the weekend was the the generosity of the Ukrainian people. Everybody trying to help everybody else. Yeah, and here I try to help uh, um, to all Ukrainian. We um, in Cork we have a protest every day since Friday. Yeah. And also we have a group, charity group, Help to Ukrainian uh, Soldier Army. And we, um, um, around all the people, bring uh, sleeping bag, rolling mat, medication. And yesterday in Mahan Point, uh, there was a company collected, uh, the, not company, that the people from Ukraine collected all that. Uh, help stuff to you Ukrainian uh, army, and they will send it. The first uh, big party of this help will go to Ukraine soon. And also, we still asking for the people to help Ukrainian soldiers, Ukrainian army. Especially, we need medication. We need uh, sleeping bag, rolling mat, medication like a kill, can, uh, kill um, painkiller and blood stopper and bandage and everything and you you don't imagine how many people come yesterday and bring all that stuff what we needed that must yeah that must have been uh, must have given you some comfort and made you feel very proud of the the country you now call home yes yeah and to know how many irish people help to us as bring money to stand in um, sleeping bag and our, as I said what we need we listed what we need to send into Ukraine and I'm so proud that Irish people with us and many people come to our protest Irish people and um, support us with her um, soul you know that is important now to Ukrainian people they're not alone yeah, the whole world is behind them. That was yes. the, you could see that over the weekend. Yes. and because of COVID, obviously you weren't able to get home. When when we when did you last get home to see your family? Uh, no, I just eleventh of February back oh, from great. Ukraine. Oh, are you you may, you were over there this year? That's good. That's yes, good. Yes, because yeah. my mother had a birthday in the end of January, and as I said, she's seventy three. I'm um, I'm just very happy that every her 
birthday I with her because my father died last year in February. Wow. So I miss my father and I recognize how it's important when you have your parents. Ah, yeah. And you're, you're, so your poor mother is grieving the loss of your dad yes. as, uh, as well. All right, uh, Svetlana, what does it say? The entire country and the entire world, I think, are behind and with the people of Ukraine. And all we can hope is these talks that are going on on the Belarusian-Ukrainian border, that they will be successful and that we'll have some kind of a ceasefire and we can put an end to this awful, awful war that, that's happening in your beautiful country. Stay safe, Svetlana, and thank you so much for talking to us thank today. Thank you very, very Good. much. for And thanks all Irish people for being with us with the soul and the prayer. Take care. God bless. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Svetlana, a native of Ukraine, living here in Ireland, uh, living in Cork, actually, for the last uh, 19 years. And and I know there are, I saw some on Facebook of collections that were happening to send, particularly to send, Svetlana was talking about sending items for the Ukrainian army. But there was also a lot of humanitarian collections going on for the refugees. I saw nappies and things uh, were needed. And I'm sure I saw on the Mallow Act of Kindness page that they were trying to collect items for for people who are diabetic, refugees that are diabetic, and if they've, you know, if they fled with the clothes on their back or they, their suitcase goes missing, which I've heard of happening with a number of the refugees, and if they're diabetic, they need to check their sugars and all of that. And I saw there was collections going on for that. So if anybody ha- if anybody is organising any kind of a collection, and if we can be of any help in advertising where your collection is or what in particular you're looking for to bring to either to Ukraine or onto the borders to help the refugees, please let us know because so many people want to help and want to, you know, it's kind of, it's our way when we can't, there's, there's not a lot we can do to stop the war, but we can certainly help and try and make the situation a little bit easier for both the people in Ukraine and for the refugees who are fleeing. 0818 103 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, and I'll get back to, I can see a lot of commentary coming in with people, I suppose, just more showing solidarity and thinking of the people of Ukraine. And I'm not ignoring your comments, I will get back to them. But I just want to move to uh, another topic because with the lifting of most of the remaining COVID 19 restrictions from today, a Labour Party survey reveals that almost half of all workers have still not discussed their remote working plans with their employer. To discuss the findings of the survey, I'm joined by Labour Senator Marie Sherlock. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning and you're you and ver- all your listeners. Well, you're very welcome. Are many workers anxious about raising the issue of remote working with their employer? And could that be the reason why so many haven't started that conversation? Well, look, as you said there, like I said, we know that uh, just under half of all workers have yet to have that conversation. And then of those workers, you know, over 72% uh, or 72% of those of those uh, employees are very anxious about those conversations. And and really, I suppose the, the, the key issue here is how do we uh, ensure that the, the, the gains um, that, that workers have have the newfound gains that I suppose from from the pandemic in terms of being able to work flexibly, being able to work from home, um, uh, how that has continued into the future, uh, and that there is a strong legislative framework surrounding remote and flexible work in this country. Because I think ultimately, um, you know, the reality is is that 
uh, you know, all the all the power is is is, is with the employer, and and, and the, the, the employee is very much, um, you know, at, at the mercy, or or, or certainly that that there there isn't any great balance in that conversation. You know, the employer gets to yeah. Decide. Just just remind us from a legal point of view, where do workers stand with regards to remote working? So the key issue here is that in in the vast majority of of workers. Uh, employment contracts, it will state that their place of employment is the office. And so um, any employer can can rely on that contract of employment. But of course, as we know, the world has dramatically changed over the last two years. And so we in the Labour Party have been very clear about the need to set down a strong legislative framework on, on flexible work so that, you know, account can be taken of the uh, experience um, over the past two years, if workers have worked from home, and that um, and and that workers can you know negotiate um, and and have that meaningful conversation with their bosses with regards to um, having flexible uh, work arrangements. So when I talk about flexible work arrangements, I I, I you know it, it refers to both hours and place of work because you know the reality is, and we we know this from. CSO Pulse uh, survey data that over half of all workers, you know, want a hybrid working week. And certainly from our survey, it's very clear, particularly for um, women workers, for young workers. And again, I know plenty of workers. I'm based here in Dublin, but I know plenty of workers who moved back to, you know, their their, their home place of Midtown or Mallow or Fermoy um, or, or, or the towns across Cork East. Um, our, our villages because they can't afford to rent or to buy in in the main urban centres and that they need to they either move home to, 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 to save, to buy or, 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 or to actually buy, 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 buy outright. And so there, the are also, there, there are also workers, Marie, who either have an underlying health condition themselves or they have a family member who has an underlying health condition and many of those are nervous about returning to an office environment, particularly a busy office environment. So in our survey, Patricia, I think one of the most stark things for us was those with underlying medical conditions. We've had a number of people saying that they have multiple sclerosis. There are others with irritable bowel syndrome um, and, and, and other um, colon-related illnesses. And they said that the, the, the dramatic change in their lives from being able to work from home was incredible because whereas before they would have had to take a day sick um, and the anxiety of having to take public transport or be in a car for an hour um, and, and, and and then no access to the, the necessary facilities. You know, that, that imposed an enormous additional stress and anxiety in their lives and so being able to work from home was was, was a very significant benefit. And, and also for those with disabilities and this is, you know, something I feel extremely strongly about, particularly we know that Ireland has the highest share of jobless um, households where, where, where the highest share of, 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 of persons with a permanent disability in this country who are not in paid employment when we compare Ireland across all other EU member states. And the same goes for lone parents. Ireland has the highest share of jobless lone parents across all EU member states. And so we have to look at that and say, well, what do we need to change? And for me, a key thing is that from uh, in, in terms of opening up a world of work opportunities to lone parents or to those with a disability, that they have flexibility from day one of of their that, of, of, of of a new job. At the moment, the government's legislation, their draft legislation, talks about um, uh, allowing a request 
to, 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 to remote work after 26 weeks of employment. But of course, that, that then becomes a perk for good behaviour as opposed to something that's embedded into the working relationship. And so we firmly believe that it needs to be um, part of the conversation from day one of the job in order that we bring those you know, groups of people who want to work but cannot work because of a whole variety of structural issues in their lives. And I'm, uh, I'm assuming more women than men fancy remote working. Well, certainly in our survey, like as in, uh, it, it was very clear that like as in over 70% or over, sorry, over 80% of women um, were very much in favour of a hybrid working week. But again, the experience uh, coming back to us and, and from our survey responses that this is really important to men as well and that we have to be very careful that we don't just put all the focus on women, that like as in men um, want to be able to drop their kids to school. Um, uh, they, 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 they want to be able to have a better work-life balance in particular um, parents of young children. Mm. So, so I think I'm very clear here that, um, that, you know, when we talk about a right to flexible work, it is about for keeping women in the workforce, because we know after a certain age, and particularly if they have more than two children, the rate of women remaining in the workforce dramatically drops or they move down to part-time hours. So we want to ensure that women can stay at work and that they can keep up their hours so they don't fall into a low-paid wage, uh, part-time wage trap. We need to make sure for all working parents that there are, that there is flexibility available. Uh, We need for those who've had to endure very high cost of commuting, we want to ensure that they can now reap the the carbon and financial savings. And just just finally, when you mention those people who maybe had been working in the larger cities and they've returned home to perhaps the town that they grew up in, like any of the towns across Cork, uh, Cork County. Do you believe communities have really thrived because of remote working during the pandemic? Well, we have, we have seen that time and again from local businesses telling us that, um, that they, uh, you know, like it's in particularly uh, cafes and restaurants and notwithstanding the enormous challenges that they have had um, over the past two years, that people have wanted to support local enterprise, that they wanted to shop local. So both retailers and those in hospitality locally have said, you know, in, in towns and villages have said to us that um, they have really noticed the benefit and, 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 and that people do want to support um, the, the, the local, uh, you know, um, businesses. Of course, the, the flip side of that is that hospitality and, and retail in some of the main urban centres has suffered. You know, but again, that's part of reimagining what our cities are going to be like into the future and that all has to be worked out. But certainly we know that the benefit, um, uh, you know, has been to, to towns and villages of people relocating. And indeed, we see that in terms of the increase in the, the rents and, and, and house prices in certain areas. Um, like we're looking at, at, at increases in, in, in house prices um, house prices of in excess of twenty percent in, in parts of Leitrim uh, and on other very rural parts of the country, and, and and I see it as well when I look at the property prices in Cork. So so I think the thing is we know that, that people have realised that they can manage a life outside of the main urban centres and still hold down their good jobs. Absolutely, and we need to ensure that continues into the future. Okay, we leave it there, uh, Marie. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. 
Thank you. Good morning to you. That is uh, Labour's employment spokesperson, uh, Senator Marie uh, Sherlock, on the lifting of restrictions and this whole thing around a lot of workers not having that discussion yet about remote uh, working. Eddie and Bandit says during the pandemic, workers were told go home and work from home. Now we have another pandemic. Those going to work who are struggling to pay for the fuel uh, to get them to work would it not be an idea for some to work from home I would rather a person have food on their table rather than going without food just so that they can afford to drive to work as anyone who has been commuting to work will know that costs are rising there and they are rising all the time and with the situation in the Ukraine uh, they're going to the, the fuel prices will go even higher unfortunately 0818 103 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp to 086 Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Court Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed some of your thoughts uh, before we go to some of your thoughts coming in and we're going to get this uh, checked because when I mentioned the water the boiled water notice for the people of Killavullen somebody says Hi Patricia I'm wondering if the drinking water restrictions are lifted in Canturk yet I rang the local council office in Newmarket they didn't know and they said I needed to check water.ie I did but I can't find anything on water.ie maybe some of your listeners might know please does anybody know water restrictions in Canturk if they have been lifted are not and another list says Patricia I know I'm probably going way off base on this uh, subject to what you're speaking about on the show so far this morning and uh, God be with the people of Ukraine but myself and my husband were speaking last night and we're thinking about selling up our home it's gone far too big just for the two of us we don't want to go into another housing estate but what we're thinking about would be maybe a private gated community of bungalows for people like us who want to buy and who want to live amongst other retired people and that would free up our home for a younger family thanking you yeah I know exactly what you're thinking of like a gated community of retirees off the top of my head I can't think of anywhere here in Cork City and County but maybe there is does anybody know of, of a gated community or a community specifically for retired people bungalows not two story houses bearing in mind for older people so that they can lead independent lives but be around like minded people if anybody has any suggestions for our listener get it into us please 0818 103 103 and then some of your thoughts on the situation in the Ukraine Barry says Patricia there's only one cure for Vladimir Putin it's for somebody to take him out he'd be no loss to the world but it's getting anywhere near Vladimir Putin I mean even watching him when he's in discussions with any of his ministry he sits at that really long table miles away from the other person I know a lot of that was to do he was absolutely paranoid about picking up uh, COVID and you couldn't get anywhere near him when COVID was raging in uh, Russia at the time Uh, and a lot of people Barry I think would agree with you on that Uh, Mary says when you're talking about pictures that surfaced over the weekend from the situation in the Ukraine the one that got to Mary was the picture of a 52 year old lady with blood splattered all over her face a bomb had landed in her apartment block she was lucky to get away alive she had glass in her face it is so wrong to see these kind of photographs says Mary it does have to stop and another Mary says I don't think Vladimir Putin will succeed and please God he won't uh, succeed 
and uh, sending on our best wishes to Eugene O'Sullivan, a native of Bantry, who joined us uh, earlier. And Michael said, it's a pity that President Vladimir Putin would not look at an interview that was conducted by President Mikhail Gorbachev former president of Russia. He gave a an interview to the BBC a few years ago. If anybody wants to see it, says Michael, it's available on YouTube. What a great man Gorbachev was. Yeah, absolutely no comparison between Mikhail Gorbachev and Vladimir uh, Putin. And Patricia, hi, this is from uh, Michael. Our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine today and every day. After this, China will be the greatest threat to us long term economically and militarily. The late John McCann said he looked into Putin's eyes and saw the KGB. That is what you're seeing today. A small, ferreted eyed man who was trying to shape the world in the image where once again Russia would be an emperor. This is not going to happen. The people of the whole world would see him and see Russia for what it is and they are saying, no, we will fight for freedom. What we are seeing in Ukraine in the midst of pain and suffering is absolutely inspiring. It's powerful and it will help to change our world in a positive way forever. Every tyrant will judge what next step they take based upon the response to the last step. Now, in the past... Putin invaded Georgia. He invaded Ukraine by going into Crimea. He has gone into and dabbled in elections in both the US and in the EU, i.e. through Brexit. He attacked our own cyber systems here, our own HSE cyber systems. Uh, As a result, he feels he can now freely go into Ukraine. And now the people are finally standing up and saying no. We've had enough. People are realising the difference between good and uh, evil. Yeah, and the whole world, I think, that's the one thing I felt across this weekend, the, the all of the protests that were, you know, from every single major city across the world. The world is standing united with Ukraine for sure. Thank you for that. Uh, Michael, stays safe. And then somebody else says, uh, Patricia, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but sent me on a link to... The FC Dynamo Kiev, the soccer team, they are prepared to fight for Ukraine five days after playing a game. And there's a a picture of FC Dynamo Kiev, the entire football team, all dressed up in the army combats and the flak jackets uh, on them. And they've all signed up and they are all going to uh, war. It's incredible. It really, really is incredible. And then um, should Ireland get rid of the... Russian ambassador to Ireland. Neil in Lambertstown says, Dear Patricia, I would like you on my behalf to remind the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party and the local councillors of Mr De Valera's courtesy towards Edward Hempel. Who was Edward Hempel? Edward Hempel was the German ambassador to Ireland during the Second World War. He was here in 1945. Mr Filatov, the current Russian ambassador deserves the same level of respect today from Michal Martin and his co in our government. That's from Neil Lumberson who doesn't feel that uh, the Russian ambassador should be expelled. And I had another texter in saying the exact opposite to you, Neil, and said, I cannot believe that we are allowing the Russian ambassador to remain here. He needs to be expelled immediately. And actually at the weekend I spotted there was 
40, I think 40 were on the list. They were Fianna Fáil TDs, Senators and MEPs who all signed a petition for Yuri Filatov to be removed from Ireland and sent back to Moscow. And I saw we spoke about it on Friday on the programme, our own Irish South MEP Billy Kelleher, Fianna Fáil MEP. I saw him tweet on Saturday. He was heading to some protest that was being held in Dublin on Saturday and he tweeted out that he was heading to Dublin and that he would willingly uh, give Ambassador Filatov a lift to the airport to send him back to Moscow. He feels so strongly about it. But Michal Martin at the weekend was asked about it and he says that there are practical difficulties in expelling the Russian ambassador to Ireland. But he says he hasn't ruled it out completely. He says his reluctance relates to the potential implications for Irish people who are currently living in Russia. He was speaking in Cork. He was asked about it by reporters and he says, I believe unity is strength. We should work on a coordinated basis with our fellow colleagues across Europe. And if you look across the other countries, the ambassadors are still remaining in place. He says there is a practical dimension to this that we, that we do have a presence in Moscow because obviously we've got an Irish ambassador in Moscow. And if we expel the Russian one tit for tat, our Irish ambassador will be kicked out of Moscow as well. And he said it's important in situations like this and in a crisis, having people on the ground that can facilitate humanitarian responses to help Irish citizens who could potentially end up in very difficult situations. He said it's very hard to predict how this crisis is going to unfold. But he said channels uh, such as that do matter in terms of helping overseas citizens who could be in difficulty. So, yeah, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because we have to remember we do have Irish people living in Russia and they may need the help of the consular assistance. And if we kick out the Russian ambassador, the Russians will kick out the Irish ambassador. And then a couple of people have been on with regards to wanting to help in whatever way, in a practical way, financially help out those in the Ukraine. Patrick from Moy was on saying, does anybody have a number for the Ukrainian Red Cross? We could donate money there and it would go directly to Ukraine. Well, I saw at the weekend that the Irish public have already donated about, this was up to yesterday, about three quarters of a million euro to the Irish Red Cross appeal for Ukraine. That's how the Red Cross operates. They will organise, each individual country will organise, they'll do a special appeal. The Irish Red Cross, as indeed the Red Crosses all over the world, have an appeal going for Ukraine. So what you simply do is you donate through the Irish Red Cross website. You can also do it through Revolut. They launched an appeal on Friday through Revolut. And I know within 12 hours, half a million euro have been donated to the Irish Red Cross and then the Irish Red Cross get the money out to the Red Cross in the Ukraine. So if you go to redcross.ie you can donate on the website there or you can make a donation via uh, Revolut. And also the UNHCR, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, they actually have a branch in Kiev in the Ukraine and I saw them at the weekend. They also la- la- launched an appeal for help. They work directly with the with the refugees on the ground in the Ukraine and those who will make it out onto the border. And you can donate to UNHCR on their website, donate.unhcr.org. And as I say, there are a number of local groups. In the main, it's Ukrainian nationals 
who are living here in this country. I know a lot of people, they were organising collections for toiletries and nappies for babies and other items that are going to be so desperately needed and Polish people as well because obviously a lot of the refugees are piling into to Poland and the reason that so many are heading to Poland is there's about 2 million Ukrainians who already live in Poland so obviously they've got a lot of family members so people are going over the border to go to Poland but they need help at the border with, with the refugees and many of them are going to refugee centres so there is a lot of collections going on there so if anybody knows of any collection that's happening locally if you need any kind of publicity let us know we'd be only too glad to help out with mentioning it 0818 103 103 you can text our WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs With Munster Technological University enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full-time part-time and professional courses succeeding together with mtu.ie Lorry driver wanted for delivering plant machinery in the West Cork area. A sea licence is necessary. The number to call is 086-832-8570. Experienced bicycle mechanic is required for the Cork City area. You email cyclescene at gmail.com. Construction workers with a valid safe pass, please, required for work in Cork and the surrounding areas. Call 87 9022067 and a canteen assistant is required for part-time work in the Bandon area. Experience is essential. Please apply with your CV to info at kckateringcork.ie You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. C103 presents the biggest 90s and noughties disco at the INEC in Killarney, St. Patrick's Weekend, Saturday, March 19th. Enjoy a night of 90s and noughties with the artists that dominated the charts. From the Venga Boys to Alice DJ to Entrance and more. Tickets, see Ticketmaster.ie. The biggest 90s and noughties disco at the INEC in Killarney, March 19th, with C103. Now, Eat With The Seasons is the debut book and brainchild of new Cork author Cathy Fitzgibbon, also known as the Culinary Celt. And this book aims to empower people to mindfully eat with the seasons. And I'm delighted to say Cathy Fitzgibbon joins me live in studio this morning. Good morning to you, Cathy. Good morning, Patricia. You're very welcome. Firstly, congratulations to you on the book. Uh, it, it, it's beautifully presented and I just, I love the colour in it and I love, who's responsible for the photographs? Uh, the photographs were taken by a food photographer um, based in Cork. Her name is Monica Colin. She operates under Paparazzi Food. Um, so I worked with her in terms of the photography for it. And the layout, did you, did you decide on the layout of it? Everything was, was my own um, brainchild as such or my kind of concepts and ideas, yeah. Well done, well done. It, it really is, it's, it's fantastic. I suppose, can we start by, as best you can, explain what you mean by mindful eating? 
So I suppose, Patricia, mindful eating, it involves using both our physical and emotional senses to immerse ourselves in the experience of enjoying our food choices. And um, I'm just conscious that a lot of people don't have a good relationship with with food. Um, so the space that I come from is to try and empower people in terms of having a good personal relationship themselves with food. Yeah, because I was reading your book over the weekend, so I was very conscious of literally everything I was putting into my my mouth and I was trying to mindfully eat because I realise I do and I imagine a lot of other females will identify with this. I can be standing up eating because I'm rushing, I need to get out somewhere and you're just trying to get the food into your mouth and you have to stop and even think, what did I actually have there? And that's exactly the opposite of, that's exactly what you say we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. I I suppose we're all um, at times a a culprit of, you know, kind of eating on the go and um, rushing around from place to place. But really to appreciate food, we need to, you know, sit back and have, you know, a proper, you know, sacred eating space where we actually um, interact and engage with it in, in a more mindful, you know, way as such. And it goes back to planning what you're going to eat. Like I, I would remember my late mother made a shopping list every Thursday night for, for, for her to take shopping with her on Friday morning and her dinners were planned for, for, for the week. And, and there's sense in that, isn't there? Knowing what you have in and getting in. And that's all part of the mindful eating, isn't it? It is really. And what it also allows us to do is it allows us to decrease on the wastage as well. So... I suppose the area that I come from is sustainability and also well-being. So sustainability is a huge part of, um, you know, what we need to actually consider. Yeah, there's a report out today actually on the amount of food waste. It's, it always it's, it astounds me when I see those reports on on the food that we and a lot of it we dump because the sell by date it's gone out and there might be absolutely nothing wrong with it. But that goes back to the planning. What you're talking about, we buy too much and then we don't need it. Yeah. And I suppose in Ireland, we're really lucky that um, Ireland now at the moment is ranked number one on the Global Food Security Index. And What does that mean? What I suppose I mean by that is that we have a physical, social and economic access to food, but it meets our needs on one side. But the, the concern is that we're, we're not actually... Um, making the right choices in terms of, you know, what is good for our own personal um, bodies and, you know, our own uh, well-being as such. Okay, and for as long as I've known you, you've always had a passion about food. Where where does that passion for food come from? Um, I've always grown up uh, around food. I, I grew up in a farm and so I had the privilege of, uh, I suppose... Um, being able to witness firsthand the way food is produced at the source. And in latter years, I uh, got involved with the local farmers market here in Kilavullen and I helped them to, you know, kind of promote the, the market and, you know, get people to interact um, in the community. Uh, so it's always been really, uh, I suppose, something that I had a passion in and the defining moment really was when I went back to do my master's a few years ago 
and I actually did my thesis on Brandon Cork as a food tourism destination. And I presented that in Copenhagen in 2018 to the uh, Atlas Conference. And then that kind of got me into the, the sphere of having, you know, the outlet for writing. And after that, then I published a lot of different work in terms of mental health around food and connectedness as well around food, in particular for the millennial generations and the, the Gen Z, so the younger generations mm -hmm. that are coming up, um, because those generations are a population that will uh, influence, I suppose, us older generations in terms of our food consumption patterns. So that would be quite important for us to all kind of bear in mind where things are, are going in terms of the, the global scale of things with food. And we very much are, we are what, what we eat. And that's what I loved about your book of, and I had never really thought about it, this eating with the seasons. Just, just talk about why it is important to eat with the seasons. So I suppose for your listeners, Patricia, the concept of seasonal eating, it just, it's very simple. It breaks down what we eat each season to maintain health. And that's really the core ethos. After the health benefits, then the food typically tastes better in season. As we know, you know, strawberries always taste better in the Absolutely. summer. Absolutely, rather the winter. than the forced ones in the winter. Yeah. And the foods produced are better for the environment as well. So from the farming background, I, I know and understand that, but not everybody else may be conscious or, or aware of that. So... Then on the other hand, the foods that are grown out of season, they're not able to follow the natural growing and the ripening rhythms. So it, it affects really the nutritional content in the food. Like we can eat strawberries in other seasons, but we're not getting the right nutritional content for eating them in, in, in the, summer the off seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, w I, would, I would never have thought about that. You mentioned farmers markets. We have some brilliant farmers markets and we have some brilliant artists and food producers. We need, don't, don't we, when we're going out to buy food, we need to be sourcing what we buy locally, as locally as we can. We do because I suppose it's, it's really important, um, you know, when we go to the farmers markets, it's a great outlet for us to educate ourselves as well because, you know, the farmers are there as stallholders and they can educate us in terms of the food that we're picking up and buying and give us, you know, I suppose ideas as well in, in ways to cook mm. the, the food um, because we're not all aware of that. And that's how, when I started getting involved with the farmer's market, that now I've just accumulated such a wealth of information that sometimes I feel that other people may not... Um, understand so that's why I kind of in the book it it kind of it's a practical and um useful way for people to think about seasonal eating yeah yeah and, and it's, it is very practical because it's also that it's, it's a journal uh, as well and many people have a very difficult relationship with food do you think you're, you're cause, and this isn't a diet, this is an eating model. Yeah. Do you believe that that can help people who have that difficult relationship with food? The journaling aspect will because everybody's own relationship with food is, is personal. Um, and what 
suits one person doesn't necessarily suit somebody else in terms of food. So there's no rights or wrongs really when it comes to food. The main thing with food is to enjoy it. Um, even if we're eating that bar of chocolate or we're eating that, um, you know, packet of crisps or, you know, and we, you know, we, we need those treats in our lives as well. Um, but once we're just conscious of it. Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing off the list, but it's no. it's, it's how much you eat and portion sizes. And, and that goes back to our relationship with food, doesn't it? It does really. And I have outlined in the start of the book, I, I don't advocate any particular diet in culture myself. Um, it's more about appreciating the food, the work that goes into, you know, producing the food and actually, um, you know, finding ways that you can have a good relationship with food as such. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I, I think we're in a society where with the Internet now in particular, we're, we're into labelling, you know, mm. like you have to be um, a vegan or you have to be a vegetarian or we put ourselves into labels when a lot of the time we should really just look inward and the journaling aspect of looking inward is just the personal aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as we're, we're into as it is eat with the seasons, we are into springtime. This is a good time for people to maybe think about planting, isn't it? And and, and grow your own. And, and what would you suggest? I'm, I'm conscious of somebody listening who maybe has never planted or grown before for the first time what what would you suggest is a good way to start I find a good way to start is the herbs on your you know kitchen window um, or somewhere where there's a nice bit of sunlight that's an easy first step Um, but there's also other like tomatoes are easy to plant Um, it depends on your space and you know kind of your living environment as well where you're you're actually living if you have more space you can be a little bit more adventurous but to start out you know, the herbs would be a really nice option and you can use those in a lot of um, different dishes as well. Actually, I love basil on my windowsill. I love the smell of basil and I love the taste of basil. And I grew tomatoes last year for the first time ever and hand on heart, I finally realised what a real tomato tastes like. It just... It was completely different. I had this taste explosion in my mouth going, is that what a tomato was meant to taste like? Completely different to everything I've ever bought. It is because when you grow it yourself, you're possibly growing it in the season that you're supposed to be doing the planting. And yeah. then it naturally takes that, you know, rhythm of the, the the growth rhythm as such. So what you're eating is actually naturally grown in that season. And it was the easiest thing, I have to say, a bit of tomato food on it and away it went. And it's lovely, like, you know, for pasta dishes, you can yeah. have your tomatoes and your, your basil and that's your dish, actually, other than the pasta you know, kind of pretty much. And brilliant to get children, I think, involved in. I love to see children get get, get involved. Now, the, the book, while it's Eat With The Seasons, self-guidance, mindful eating, but it is also a gratitude journal. Have you journaled a, a lot of your life? And, and, and I, there's something fascinating, isn't there, about journaling? There is, um, I suppose... During periods of my life, I have journaled and uh, the book is kind of, it seeds out of a lot of that journaling, you know, a lot of the thoughts that I would have had over the years is uh, the culmination of the book as such. Uh, So a lot of the, you know, the tips and experiences and ideas are, you know, things that I would have actually embraced myself and that I've just actually 
put into the book, you know, kind of yeah. journaled into the book. It's beautiful. And as I say, the space is there for you, for people to write and do, and do their own uh, journaling. It, it, it is terrific. You've got to be thrilled uh, with it. This obviously, was this your lockdown project? Were you? Yes. <laughs> it's great to see people doing lockdown projects. Was this yours? It was. Yeah, I had a lot of time in my hands um, during lockdown. So I decided, you know, to be proactive and uh, put the book together because I had been thinking about it for the last... 14 years really since I moved back living here in North Cork at home and going to the market a lot and getting all that wealth of knowledge from the farmers there so it's been happening over a lot of years but lockdown really was the, the catalyst uh, that gave me the, the, the time to do it Well done well done because it's a book I think that's going to help a lot of people where is it available please? So it's available from my own website uh, the www.theculverykelt.com it's also available from my publisher Book Up Publishing and I also stocked up a selection of bookstores over the weekend, um, O'Mahony Centre and the Spoglen, Phillips Bookshop and Eason's Bookshop here in Mallow are stocking it as well. And it will be available in other um, outlets over the next coming weeks. And I'm sure at the Kilavolan Farmers Market. Yes, I was yeah. there on Saturday. Well, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it was beautiful, Patricia. Everybody, it's it's a community market. It's, yeah. it, it's not just a commercial outlet for stallholders it's also uh, it, it has a huge community aspect to it and it was it was quite busy so it's lovely to see it's people. great it's yeah. great I love listen I love the farmers markets we've got so many brilliant ones uh, dotted right across the city and they're and celebrating actually 20 years oh, this year yeah in Whoa, November goodness yeah. I remember them starting it's hard to believe it's 20 years listen Cathy the book is delightful well done as I say I think it's going to help a lot of people as well uh, but thank you for joining us and talking to us in the studio this morning thanks Patricia Good morning to you. That is Cathy Fitzgibbon and her book is called Eat With The Seasons. 0818 103 103. John Paul takes your calls. Court Today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. And it's that time again. The Little Hill Animal Rescue has a huge hen rescue operation happening in March and are desperately seeking happy adoptive homes throughout the country including us here in Cork and uh, looking for new to share with us why people should consider giving a rescued home to one of these little hens is actress and patron of the Little Hill Animal Rescue and that's the wonderful Pauline McGlynn who once again joins me. Good morning to you. Good morning and to, indeed yeah. and, and hello to all in Cork, my beloved Cork. You're, all, uh, you're always very welcome here. Remind us wh- where all these rescued hens come from. Well, now, I think Little Hill Animal Rescue and indeed Sanctuary, um, based in Gildare, we're kind of famous for the hen rescues. But this one is the big one. This one is factory-farmed egg-laying hens. And there are thousands of hens who have lived in cages all their lives, a year and a half, in the cages, and we're taking them out all through March. So thousands of them. Now, I yesterday was in doing kind of like a practice run. with uh, We did rehome hens, by the way, (laughs) on our practice. Um, but I was in with Susan Anderson, who runs Little Hill, and we went to the cages, to the farm, and we took out hens. And they are now living great lives. These little girls today, 
will be for the first time seeing sunlight. They will, for the first time, feel, you know, the ground uh, because they've been in cages clinging onto bars for a year and a half of their egg-laying lives. They haven't stopped laying eggs. It's just that for a commercial farmer, if he can't get at least one, if not two, eggs out of them a day um, through manipulating the light and whatever else, um, then they're not worth his while keeping. So they go to the slaughterhouse um, and instead, this time out, we come. We're coming for them. Um, and they're the most wonderful things. I, I'll be honest with you now, Patricia. I reek of rescue ten, even today. It's very hard to watch off. It's not just ten poo. Um, you know, poo of any sort, as we know. You know, it can be hard to get it off. But there's a particular smell about the, the, these. Enough. It's just peculiar. It's, it's very lovely. But, you know, you realise afterwards the reason they smell so individual is that they've never been able to look after their feathers properly. Like, when you have a hen wandering around your garden and everything, they'll have dust baths, you know, to keep the, the feathers just so. And some of these little ladies, because they're taking a little break in their egg-laying cycle, um, which is why they're being got rid of, um, it's to kind of reset their physical buttons and to grow their feathers properly and all that. A load of the ladies that we took out yesterday, who are, by the way, feisty, robust, they're they're in quite good snake because Great. they're survivors, but a load of them had very bald bits, you know, and no tail feathers, for instance, and, and all that. So, you know, they're going to grow those back really quickly. But that's why they need a little break. Now, if people want to adopt them, Believe me, they make great pets, number one. I know vegans who keep hens, and they don't, it's not for the eggs, because they don't eat the eggs, it's because they're great um, companions and great fun. Um, but they will lay, these ladies will lay for you for as long as they're living. Well, um, I, w- I was talking earlier when I mentioned that you were coming on, and I was talking with Ken Tobin, who's our breakfast show presenter, and he has hens running around his garden. And I asked him, and he said, oh yeah, I've taken them from Little Hill before, which I hadn't realised. And he was saying that the condition got help us that they came in. And yeah. he said, within a month, the girls are back oh. to, all oh, the feathers yeah. are back, they're cock of the walk. And he said that he is a gorgeous garden that they potter around in. And like that, yeah. the girls and they're, they, yeah. they, they go indoors at night and then they're out yeah. again during the day. And he said, well, what the great advantage is, they're laying beautiful eggs and he's got oh. these free range eggs every day. The most delicious. And they're not just free range, they're cruelty free. Yeah. You know, that's, I believe me, the taste of that. Um, it's like, it's, everything about a cruelty free egg is different to the ones that we're buying in the supermarkets. You know, not only the satisfaction of going out into your little patch if you're lucky enough to have one out the back. And you don't need much to keep hens, by the way. But, um, you know, you're going out your collection. If you have kids, oh, how much the better will that be that they understand where food comes comes from? from, You know, all of that. Amazing. And to people who are, well, number one, I say to all repeat offenders who have adopted hens from us before, please come again. But hen mathematics, you know, chicken mathematics are very, very different to other people's. Like when somebody says to you, yeah, I see a four hens out there and you look out and there's like two dozen. That's hen mathematics. <laughs> you know, they'll say to you, well, I'm ju- I've just come for 10, but if the universe wants me to have 20, then 40 it is. 
<laughs> you know, unreal. Just, and you do, okay. and, and we always emphasise this every time we talk to you, for, for people who are considering adopting one of these gorgeous, gorgeous hens, people need to book their hens prior to delivery. And that's, that's important. Right. It's done through the Facebook page. Yes. Facebook page is the best way. And you'll see absolutely all of the runs we're doing. I mean, the ones pertinent to my beloved Cork are, you know, Sunday the 6th, we're going to be down for Moy, Mallow, Dunmanway, Bantry, Clonakilty and Bandon. Then the following weekend, we'll be in Charleville, Mitchellstown, Cove, Balancholic and Vale. Uh, you know, um, it, it, or, so pardon me, one of those, um, Charleville is, is the Saturday and the Sunday then is Mitchellstown. Balancholic, Cove and Kinsale. It's loads of time for people, you know, yeah. like we all say, you know, I'd love to try that. And then we don't. This is plenty of time for people to get set up. And, and this is the perfect get, time to do much. it. This is the and perfect yeah, time, spring, spring, spring into, into summer. Out of the lockdown. Yeah, okay, you so know, it's, oh, look at it. It couldn't be better. And these hens and are coming out of lockdown as well. Oh, Little Hill Animal Rescue. Little Hill <laughs> Animal Rescue Facebook page. Uh, and please, yeah. please, people, go on there and, yeah. and book your slot. Yeah, now, and the people who are starting off, they don't need much. A fox-proof place to put them in at night is the main thing. And for these little ones, can I just say this one thing? It's the most beautiful thing about them. Like, um, It's great to let them out. They don't know what the outdoors is, so it's going to take them a while to get used to that. But, you know, you have to encourage them to go in when it rains. They don't know what rain is. You know, they stay out and it, looking at it going, oh, this doesn't feel good. And they get all cold and turbulent. Imagine, imagine they don't know what a shower of rain is. So it's, oh, that's the whole adventure. Now we are, are we are looking forward to the TV adaptation of Graham <gasps> Norton's yeah. Holding, and I've already seen the trailer uh, for yeah. it. Did you enjoy your time in in, in West Cork in Drimley? Fantastic! Like yeah. it was one of the best times of my life. I'm I'm really not lying there now. Uh, we were based in Skibbereen and when we went all around. Uh, Drimmer League features hugely uh, in the series and the whole lot. I had great times with Tori and the West Cork Animal Welfare Group great. when I was down there as well because they run a great stall uh, at the market in Skibbereen on Saturdays. Um, but it was wonderful just to be down there. Like, you know, after work finished every night, the actors, we'd load ourselves into whoever was driving into their car. We'd go off and be swimming in Loch Ayn or uh, Tregumna. Oh, it, so it, it was, was just wonderful. It's and like a holiday. The series is, fa- is fabulous. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen it. Have you? Now, and it's, I tell you what, uh, I'm a hardened criminal at this stage, you know, when it comes to the old, the shows and the showbiz and the whole lot. I was longing for each episode as I wa- finished one, you know. Now, I've, I've not seen the finished product. I've just seen, you know, they sent us stuff so that we could go in and replace lines here and there if needed, you know. But my goodness, it has everything. Uh, not only does Cork look fabulous, um, but, you know, it's a whodunit. It's all about towns and how people relate to one another. It's got laughs, it's got leaving oh it's see I read I read when Graham bought the book out I read the book and for the life of me now I can't remember the full storyline and I was you don't need to uh, but I said yeah because it's just based on it well that's what Um, I said I said I'm not going to read it again because I want to enjoy watching it rather than knowing what the story is you will and we hear that um, March it's it's March on ITV so that's around the corner at this stage um 
that and the little hill um, animal. You're keeping busy. Any other, any other March is huge. Any other <laughs> acting roles coming up or what are you up to? Are you uh, in a quiet you know, time? The, th- the thing about the old acting is that, um, you know, you see stuff that might have been made even pre-pandemic. Now, I look very busy, won't I? <laughs> um, so, and you never know when people are going to, you know, show them. So, for the moment, I would say to people, if they want um, a good laugh, check out um, uh, Deadly Cuts, the movie. It's all about hairdressing um, yeah. on Netflix. It's really funny. An Irish based comedy that's really, really, uh, look at It's brilliant. I'm I've so seen proud it. Of it. I've you seen know? it. Yeah, and you're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It. It's so really funny. Have a bit of that and um, and uh, and look forward to holding yeah. all through March. And pick uh, up your hope. pick up your little hen in the meantime, and away oh, you go. Look at you're set and up. have the best of eggs, and to have done a great thing as well in the world. Oh, and one other thing I would say to me: if you book your hens, please turn up for them because even the mini run we did yesterday, some people didn't turn up. Uh, we were a little late arriving to a few of the drop off points. Please be patient. You know, there's yeah. traffic, there's everything. Um, but some of the hens didn't get collected. So oh, that's I disappointing. Mean, yeah, and they've lived such a hard life, you know, up till now. And then a long journey, and it'll be a long journey for them to get to Cork um, on any of the three runs we're doing to Cork. And if they're not collected, they have to, they're turned around and sent back. Oh, yeah. um, okay. You know, and oh, it's heartbreak. Heartbreak. Listen, like pleasure it. as always to talk to you, Pauline. <laughs> Thanks for that, and we'll chat again soon, no doubt. Great. Look show. after yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Little bye. Hill Animal Rescue. That's the Facebook page. Somebody was asking about water in Cantarco, supplied by the New Market Public Water Supply. The boil water notice on the 18th of February remains in place. That's the boil water notice for Newmarket, Cantark, Mwheel and Kilbrain, Castle Magna, Tully Diesel, Lismar, Knocknagree, Kiskame, Ballydesmond, Cullen, Bohabwee, Drumtarf and Derrynagree. Huge area. That boil water notice remains in place. Somebody was asking about that earlier. OK, let's take a break. We've news at 12 on the way. Annalise Trussell will be answering your nutritional questions. Get them into us. So wait, 1-8-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Email in from Cork County Council. They want to inform locals in the Araglin area that road improvement works taking place from today running through until Thursday the 10th of March. It's on the L1421 86. That's the Kilworth to Araglin Road and the works will result in delays to traffic on at Elizabeth's Bridge and there will be a combination of stop and go and local diversions will be used during the course of the works but it kicks in from today and runs through for almost two weeks, um, hopefully finishing up after Thursday the 10th of March. That's on the Kilworth to Araglen uh, Road. Some of your comments coming in on Ukraine. I'm surprised by this one from John in Co. He says the Irish politicians should let the Ukrainians and the Russians fight it out and let us here in Ireland stay out of it. Our politicians are just lapdogs for the Americans and the Germans. Americans are only interested in gas and oil uh, supplies. I don't know if many people would agree with you, John. To simply say for us to just leave the Ukrainians and the Russians fight it out, I mean, that's a... 
a David versus Goliath task. You can't leave the Ukrainians on their own. I think we as a world have decided that we can't leave the Ukrainians who are a sovereign, independent state that have been invaded by a bully. We simply can't stand by and say, leave them fight it out because it just wouldn't be a fair battle. But you're entitled to your opinion. I just don't know if many would agree with you or not. That's from John in uh, Cove. And thank you to a couple of people responding to the email. Oh, before I get to that, I just want to do one more thing on uh, Ukraine. And this is to do with the pronunciation of Kiev, the capital of the Ukraine. Hi, Trish. I know it's very trivial in the scheme of things, but why has everybody on TV and on radio started pronouncing Kiev as Kiev? For years, we called it Kiev. We even used to have chicken Kiev for dinner. But in the last few days and weeks, I've noticed everyone is pronouncing it as Kiev. What is that all about? I'll tell you what that is all about. That is to do with the Ukrainians themselves. The, you, if you ask a Ukrainian to pronounce the capital city, you know, if you asked an Irish person, what's the capital of Ireland? We'd say Dublin. If you asked Ukrainians, what's the capital of their country? They say Kiev. The Kiev is the Russian version of Kiev. And for a number of years, certainly the last number of years, the people in Ukraine were trying to stop their country being taken over by Russia and the Russification, as they called it, of their country. So in recent years, more and more publications, more and more governments and airports and geographical dictionaries all started switching to the spelling of the Ukrainian ver. ver- uh, variant, which is Kiev, and they even spell it differently. They spell it if you see it now on a sign, you see it as K Y I V, which is the Ukrainian spelling of Kiev, K I E V, which is what we were used to seeing. So many Ukrainians see it as a sign of respect for their language and their identity. That certainly us in the media and that other people know that the correct pronunciation of their capital c- city is Kiev. And I know I've struggled because we're so used to saying Kiev. And I've struggled as well, but I'm, I'm slow, slowly but surely getting used to it and calling it Kiev. And out of respect for the Ukrainians and because so many of us say that we stand with the Ukrainians, the least we can do is pronounce their capital city the way they want it uh, pronounced. Because there's nothing annoys us more as Irish people if people get the pronunciation of our names or towns lands wrong. So it's from here on in, it will be forever known as Kiev. That's the reason uh, for it. Thank you for that. Now, a couple of people were on. We had a listener earlier who was saying herself and her husband were talking last night. They live in a big house and they've decided the house is too big for, the, for just the two of them. Family, I'm assuming, all grown up, flown the nest. And they had a conversation last night about selling up and they're looking for some kind of a, a community of retirees who all live together and would we know of anywhere because they also feel by selling up their house they could free up their house for a younger family and God knows with the housing crisis we have at the moment there are many young families out there desperate to buy a house in which to raise a family. So a couple of people have been on with some suggestions. Councillor John O'Sullivan in West Cork says there's a scheme in Clonakilty. It's attached to care choice and many people bought properties there. Others leased it. Others rented it. And it's exactly the kind of thing that our listener is talking about. It's mainly retired people. So if somebody, if the couple want to check out Clonakilty care uh, choice. See, I, this is when texts come in. I've no idea where the text comes, comes from. So I don't know what part of the city or county this person is texting from. So Clonakilty care choice is an option. And I should have remembered this one. Pat said there's a retirement village in Churchtown 
that, that that couple should look at. And that's been there. It's probably one of the first retirement villages, wasn't it, in Churchtown? And that's been very successfully up and running for a number of years. So Churchtown is another option. If anybody else knows of areas where all retired people live together, like that, like they, the, the listener had said in her text, like a gated community, but like a retirement village that you see other countries are moving more and more towards retirement villages. And I remember interviewing a, a really interesting gentleman who wrote a book about it and he was basing it on this, an Australian model. They have a lot of retirement villages. And because we are in a country with an ageing population and more of us, thankfully, are living longer as we get older, we're going to have a need for more and more retirement villages or gated communities where all retirees can live together. Because, you know, that listener is right. Many people live in a large house. There might have been four four bedroomed house. They might have raised a large family. Even the standard three bedroomed house, two story house might be too big for two people living on their own or two people living on their own can sadly through death becomes one person living on their own and the house may just be too big for them and it can be costly to run a big house and to heat a big house as well. So more and more people do like the idea of downsizing and and that idea of moving and living near like-minded people and people you know your own age. So I think going forward we're going to see a lot more retirement villages and as I say, I just remember interviewing a gentleman who wrote a great book as to the model that should be used in this uh, country. Good luck with it. And uh, as I say, if anybody else knows of suggestions for this couple, you can contact us 0818103103. There are questions coming in for Annalise. Keep those coming in, please. Uh, because Annalise will be uh, joining us. And let me see what else. These are more for Annalise. Here's one in about the hazel tree in Mallow. Micah says, the sale of the hazel tree in Mallow, just outside of Mallow, has come as a huge shock to the dancing folk. We're devastated. We were so much looking forward to the hazel tree getting back up and running and we could go back social dancing after two years locked indoors. Hopefully, it'll be retained for similar events by any new owners. We have all met many a friend and struck up lifelong relationships with people who we would never have met otherwise. To George and Geraldine, owners of the hazel tree, Thank you for all of the happy memories and enjoy your retirement. And that is from Michael in Castletown Bear, who has, has very many happy memories. Of, that's a long drive from Castletown Bear to the Hazel Tree in Mallow, but that is, he's done it for social uh, dancing, as indeed have others. So many people have gone to the Hazel Tree in Mallow. So, yeah, it's great sadness that it has been uh, sold. 0818103103 John Paul taking your calls we are in particular please looking for your questions for Annalise Drussell our nutritional therapist you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie the Donnerail Active Retirement Group are hosting their AGM and meeting. It's at three o'clock today in the Presentation Pastoral Centre. Subscriptions are due for the year, please. All COVID restrictions will be followed. Bingo is returning to the SMA Parish Centre in Wilton. That's happening tonight at 10 to 9. And Anam Cara. They will meet this Wednesday, 2nd of March, 7.15 in the Clayton Silver Springs Hotel. Anam Cara is a bereavement support group for parents. So all bereaved parents are welcomed. And a scrap metal collection will take place in McCroom. It's to fundraise for the McCroom senior citizens. It will be held on Wednesday and Thursday of this week 
from 10am to 3pm in Macomb Mart. Donations of metal, batteries, cars, etc. all very welcome. No electrical items, please. Now, collection can also be arranged if you can't deliver it in person to the McCroom Mart. You can call Pat on 087 266 2192. Community Development Association will hold a social dance in the Marion Hall in Ballinhasic next Friday, dancing from 9.30 to 12.30 to Michelle Murphy's two-piece band admission 10 euro and that will include teas. Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance cmig.ie This is the Court Today replay on C103 a couple of your texts in, lots of call, questions coming from Annalise. Keep those uh, coming, please. Somebody says, hi, Patricia, when you've been talking about Ukraine this morning, just to let people know, there's a worldwide call for a rosary tomorrow at 8pm to Our Lady Queen of Peace. And it can't but uh, help uh, for sure for those of you that are into the power of prayer. You might consider the rosary tomorrow night at eight o'clock. That man from Cove, that's John from Cove, should be ashamed of himself. That was John who contacted us, who said we should be letting the Ukrainians and the Russians fight it out and everybody should keep away from it. But uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I, I can't believe that anyone, anyone anywhere in the Western world or in any part of the world would think that it's okay for a country the size of Russia to invade a country the size of Ukraine. We simply cannot stand by and say, uh, leave them at it. Anne says, Patricia, do you know, are they collecting, uh, is there anybody doing a collection for Ukraine in the new market area? Does anybody know of a collection in the new market area? If anybody knows of a collection, can you let us know? I know John Paul is working um, trying to get some people who are doing collections locally and uh, will hopefully do something tomorrow. I think if you check out, I know on the Mallow Act of Kindness page there was a collection going on. I think it was more for diabetic equipment. If you check locally with Facebook pages, you know, local Facebook pages, they're usually great to know what's happening in a local area. But again, as I mentioned earlier, let us know if you are aware of a collection going on in your area. So that because everybody wants to help, everybody wants to, you know, if we can do anything, uh, we will try to help these uh, poor people. So new market, if anybody knows of a collection in the new market area, can you give us a call, please? Or if you can text our uh, WhatsApp. Somebody says, Patricia, what do you think of Grania Shoiga leaving the, the Dancing with the Stars uh, last night? I, yeah, I, I, do you know, I think she did her best dance. Myself and John Paul were talking about last night. We, on a Monday morning, we always have the chat about, well, what do you think of Dancing with the Stars last night? And both myself and John Paul thought that of all of her weeks, because it was Big Band Week and everyone was quite excited about Big Band uh, Week. And I thought her cha-cha-cha uh, was probably one of her best. But unfortunately, it wasn't good enough for her to uh, make it through. I don't think she has been, this is personally now from somebody who's got two left feet, can I say, just me watching it. I don't think she's been the best in the competition. I think she's done well. I think she's hugely improved from where she has uh, started. So I wasn't that surprised to see her go uh, last night. Again, one of the top ones for me has got to be Nina Carberry. I think Nina Carberry was just incredible uh, last night and Erica Cody the girl who ended up in the dance off the previous week which I couldn't understand how she ended up in the dance off because I think she is a fine fine dancer I think the guy from Love Island Matthew 
uh, who did a pass at Doble uh, last night. I, I don't get him. I don't quite understand why he's been there as long as he's been there. I don't think he's one of the best uh, dancers either. Somebody else who did a fantastic jive last night is the swimmer El, Ellen, Ellen Keane the Paralympian swimming uh, swimmer. I think she's uh, really good. And the one that leaves me scratching my head is um, uh, poor old uh, Billy McGuinness. <laughs> As somebody said last night, he technically was all over the place. But his performance is joy to watch. And I think, and then of course he's the underdog. As soon as the judges have a go at him, you know the minute the judges have a go at Billy McGuinness that he's going to do well and that people will pick up the phones and vote for him. And it happens, I think, in every single series of Dancing with the Stars and I think it's even the same in England with Strictly Come Dancing. There's always somebody who isn't the best dancer, but they bring so much joy to the show in their dancing routines. And, and, you know, they technically might be any good. And because of that, they always manage to hang in there. And it does seem a little bit unfair to perhaps people like Ronya Shoiga, who is, you know, probably a much better dancer. I think Billy McGuinness himself would probably admit she's a much better dancer. Or even last week, the Ronan Keating's young daughter, Missy Keating, she was a fabulous little dancer and she got sent home the previous week but it's the nature of the beast so what did I make of Gronya leaving as I say I thought she did her best dance but I wasn't surprised because I didn't I never thought from the very start that she was a contender for winning but that's just my personal choice others might have been devastated and thought she should have won the competition outright 0818-103-103. Uh, John Paul taking your call. Somebody's asking about the t- testing for COVID-19 and what's happening with testing. From today, the free HSE PCR test that any of us that went for a test in the last two years will know you either self-referred yourself or in the early days you went through your doctor all of that has been scaled back from today you can no longer get tested if you are under 55 and deemed a healthy person are anybody over the age of 55 who's boosted and deemed healthy regardless of what symptoms you have. Now, there are exceptions. Those under 55 who have not been boosted, they can go forward for a test. People with high-risk medical conditions, those who've got a very weak immune system, people who live in the same household as somebody with a vulnerable person. If you're pregnant and you get symptoms, you can go forward for uh, testing. And obviously, healthcare workers are encouraged to go forward for PCR testing as well. Now, we are being, still being encouraged to do the home antigen test and if you test positive, then you're asked to please register it with the HSE. And then on isolation and staying at home from today, that changes as well. Now, if you're positive for COVID, then you must isolate for the seven days. If a person has symptoms, you have to still isolate until 48 hours after they've been resolved. But close contacts of a confirmed case will no longer be routinely informed. You won't get a call from the HSE to say you're a close contact, except they say in situations of risk. They don't give any more details uh, other than that. And if somebody's a close contact and you don't have symptoms, then you don't need to stay at home. You don't need to limit your, your restrictions. You don't need to, to limit your movement. If a person in a household gets COVID, other members don't need to restrict their movements as long as they don't have symptoms. So that means if a child in a family where a sibling or parent is infected, it means that child can still go 
to school. And a healthcare worker can also go to work, but they need to do three rapid antigen tests over seven days. And of course, today was the first day back to school for children after their midterm break. Face masks no longer worn in school by pupils or by staff. The pods are gone. The physical distancing uh, is back. But of course, they do say a child with symptoms should stay at home and seemingly for the first time children are going to be allowed to sing at school I didn't realise singing had stopped in schools as well so I'm I'm imagining the children are quite excited about going back and now we're at the part where we are now living with COVID-19 we know the Omicron variant is still out there but it is less uh, severe and we have to of course add to that that there is a build up of immunity between people who either had uh, COVID or through the boosters and the uh, vaccines but yes there are complete changes to the PCR uh, test. They really will be limiting the number of people who can go forward for a PCR test. Hopefully that has clarified that. 0818 103 103. Questions for Annalise, please text or WhatsApp them 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Nutritional advice on C103 with Somega, Ireland's purest range of health supplements to get you through winter. Better nutrition, better health with Somega, a West Cork company. GoSomega.com. And we're off to the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic, where I'm joined by nutritional therapist Annalise Dressel. Uh, good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. A lot of questions in. Let's see if we can get through as many of them as we can. Hi, Patricia. Question for Annalise, please. It's to do with early menopause. I'm 38 and I think I may be going through the menopause. Early menopause is hereditary in my family. My grandmother, my mother, both were through it by the age of 40. I'm finding it hard to sleep at night. I'm having night sweats and day sweating. I haven't had any menstrual cycle since last December and in that time my period came twice in the month of December and I've had nothing since. What can I take? Also I'm getting very cranky at times and snapping at my husband and I feel really really bad about that. I do take a daily vitamin for balancing hormones. Any advice please? Oh God help her. Yeah you know and especially because of the link as well Patricia that Early menopause has with osteoporosis and bone health. I think it, the best advice I could give would be get HRT. Uh, it definitely sounds to me that it is menopausal. Um, and HRT nowadays, they have more bioidentical hormones. Also, there was queries raised about that study and its um, claims, you know, where they felt that it was increasing women's risk of cancer. So I think HRT is back on now again, which is great because it helps loads of women. Plus, as well, the newer hormones are far more bioidentical, so probably even less likely to cause any long term. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Problems. And um, they give huge relief. So I think that would be the best solution. But if you don't want to go down that route, you're looking at natural hormone replacement. Um, for that, you're looking at... Um, Herbs like um, dong kwai is one herb that's quite good. All of these have kind of mild estrogenic effects. The other thing then are plant isoflavones. They often get them from soya. Um, they're often isolated from soya. Another place they get them from are linseeds. And these plant isoflavones have very mild estrogenic effects, so they'll bind onto your estrogen receptors and stimulate them mildly. Um, so it kind of helps with hormone balance in that sense. So you've got products like... Um, we, I love the one, BioNutri one. It is um, called Lignin Plus, and it's really, really good uh, so- source of those isoflavones. But NHP, they do a menopause support. That's really nice as well because there's some vitamin B6 in a high amount in that. And B6 is very good for the sore breasts, cranky, irritable, and anxious mood side of things. So that's another lovely one. And the one that we always get amazing feedback on is the um, Nutri Advanced is the company. And this can be harder to get because it is a practitioner supplement. So you'll either have to go through a practitioner or we, we have it here in the shop once we have a kind of a chat with clients who are allowed to give it to them. And it's called Perimeno, Perimeno Plus. It's a kind of a powdered product with a lot of various different things in there to support mood, to support uh, there's vitamin D in there to support the bones. There's uh, plant-based hormone stuff in there to support that. They're all absolutely fantastic. So all of that natural support is good. And then I would definitely start looking to your bones now because um, you will start seeing a decrease in bone density from this from menopause onwards. So you'd want to be on a vitamin K2 and a vitamin D3 at the very least. If you've got good calcium in your diet, I'm not a great believer in taking calcium unless you really need to. But the, the vitamin D will help you absorb it and K2 will help you to get it onto your bones. And there's lots of good supplements in health shops that will do that for you. Okay, and to God help her at 38, it just seems so, so young. But the fact that it's hereditary, mother and grandmother. Yeah. It does I mean, run it in families. Yeah, yeah. It, does, it does happen all right, Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, hi, um, Patricia. Could you ask Annalise anything naturally to take for a lot of burping and flatulence? A wind issue. Okay. Um, so if that person was in front of me now, I'd have about 20 questions to ask <laughs> because it could be diet related. It might be because there was a recent antibiotic. It might be because the diet has changed. A lot of people now this time of the year, they're doing high protein, high fat diets that doesn't suit their digestion. So there'd be, um, a couple of, there'd be a couple of products that could suit. The first thing is if there's a lot of flatulence and you need to go out somewhere and you're really worried about it, take activated charcoal. It just helps to disperse the bubbles in the intestine so you're not as windy. You need to take about three or four tablets with each meal. So it really is not a good solution for every day, but it's great if you know you have to go somewhere and you don't want to be a little bit windy. If you're burping, that could be a sign that Either you're not digesting properly because your stomach acid isn't being released effectively or it could be a sign that you've got Helicobacter pylori living in your stomach and they produce a type of gas, uh, a hydrogen gas actually, so it'll taste a little bit sulfury uh, like an egg. That would be a typical indicator that they're living in your stomach and you need to get that treated by the doctor because they can cause ulcers if they're left to kind of grow unheeded. If it's digestive-wise, nothing to do with the H. pylori, taking a digestive enzyme can help. You, Depending on your diet, if you're a vegetarian, there's ones that have a lot of um, enzymes to help you break down pulses and beans and lentils and things like that. And if you're a high meat eater, there's ones that are higher for protein digestion. Fennel is lovely as well. Um, Also, aniseed, any of those are great. Actually, in India, if you go out for a meal, there's always a little plate of fennel seeds in the middle of the table for you to eat afterwards because they're so good to aid digestion. Uh, Yogi do a great tea called Stomach Ease. That's a great one for kind of burping and flatulence as well. And if none of those work, I'd say the best thing to do is call into the shop and have a good chat because it's probably something you're eating. Okay, Anna says, uh, hi, uh, question for Annalise, please. Would you have any advice on how to reduce thyroid antibodies that are up around 400 and have been elevated for a few years? I'm taking l for underactive thyroid. My thyroid can be very painful at times and I'm feeling very fatigued frequently. Would there be any supplements that you could recommend? Okay, so thyroid autoantibodies are, is for most people, how their thyroid becomes underactive. For some people, it'll become overactive. What's happening is that your own body is looking at your thyroid as an invader and mounting an immune response. So those antibodies then subsequently over time destroy the thyroid. So you need to take the thyroid hormone. So it's like with any autoimmune disease, Patricia, it's about immune balancing. Now, a lot of... Um, anecdotal I suppose research and uh, if you go onto the internet a lot of sites will tell you that giving up gluten is probably one of the best and first things that you should try doing. There is a theory it's a theory called molecular mimicry where gluten actually has quite a similar protein sequence of proteins in its makeup than some of our cells and that for certain people this can confuse the immune system so if there is a slight intolerance to gluten and the body's mounting an immune response to that it'll get confused with the 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 body's own cells. Now, this has never been proven. It's just a theory. But I have to say, I do see a lot of autoimmune patients when they take gluten out of their diet, things do improve. So maybe consider doing a gluten-free diet. And then you need to take things that will help rebalance your immune system. So you're looking at um, your uh, omega-3 fats, high dose. You want at least 1,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA. Um, They're very good as immune balancers. And then you're looking at natural anti-inflammatories. You could be looking at maybe um, 
I think turmeric is always a lovely one, but you're going to need it in high strength, so get the extract rather than the powder. The extract is called curcumin. Um, Viridian do a lovely curcumin complex that's a blend of this curcumin and boswellia, which is another wonderful anti-inflammatory. Make sure your vitamin D levels are good because that has got huge anti-inflammatory properties as well. And uh, if you have got any type of IBS, get that sorted because there's always a big link between autoimmune and the gut. Yeah, and I have to say on the gluten-free, I went gluten-free a number of years ago. Best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. It's much easier to do it now, Patricia, because there's so much choice. The only thing I'd say is that don't go for the gluten-free biscuits and the gluten-free cakes and those kind of things because actually they're not healthy foods. No. So just go, you know, just try and replace your normal healthy food with the gluten-free healthy food. Absolutely. Okay, there's two questions in about Source of Life Gold. One is, hi, question for Annalise, when is the best time to take Source of Life? Is Is it before or after food? very much an individual and I don't think it makes much of a difference really Patricia. Some people might feel a bit sicky taking vitamins on an empty stomach so I always say take it after food. It's Mm. generally the best way and plus as well if you're eating your body's producing a lot of digestive enzymes to help you digest it so it'll probably improve your ability to absorb it as well. And first thing in the morning? I think so because there is ginseng in it. Now some people I would advise to take it in the afternoon if they've told me that they're fine in the morning but they get a slump in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Then I'd say take it after lunch yeah. but try and avoid it taking it in the Now evening. somebody else went out and purchased it and said I find it very hard to drink. It's horrible. What do you recommend I do with it? You see I don't have it other than I don't like the colour of it. I, I can't stand drinking anything that looks green uh, so I don't like the colour of it but I don't have an issue with taste but some people do. Yeah they do absolutely and I'm just say just Suck it up, Patricia. It's medicine. <laughs> you know, just, maybe it's not supposed to taste good. But no, that's being facetious. Now, you could mix it in with maybe a little bit of um, orange juice. Yeah. But my own advice with anything that's disgusting to you is just take it quick and have something next to you get it, to wash the taste out of your mouth. Get it down you as quick as you can. Yeah. All right. Phil has suffered some very heavy periods with severe pain. Any recommendations, please? Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, this is another person, if I had in front of me, I'd ask 20 questions. So typically with heavy periods and heavy pain, it's we would call it estrogen dominance. So there, there would be a lot of clots in the blood, very, very heavy and painful sore legs. Um, and generally with hormone balance, you need to support the liver as well as balance hormones. So definitely omega-3 fats can help here because they help also to thin the blood and the blood doesn't become as clotty. They're also naturally anti-inflammatory, so they'll help with the pain. Um, That's the first thing. The second thing then is a couple of different herbs. So you've got something called Agnus Castus. This can be really good for some people to balance um, hormones. So they can help if your periods are too light and irregular and they can help if your periods are too heavy and too, you know, too painful. So you can find that in any health store the other thing then as well is to support the liver because the liver is where we detoxify old old hormones and as your hormone levels are dropping after you ovulate they need to be gotten rid of out of the body because if they're hanging around this is where you're getting hormone balance and it involves supporting the liver and supporting the gut supporting the liver you need things like dandelion some people do wonderfully on something called dim d-i-m it's diindolmethane and it's specifically supports the pathway that detoxifies estrogen and progesterone. Burdock is another lovely one for the liver as well. Anything sulfury as well. So all the foods that taste sulfury like eggs and garlic and onions and Brussels sprouts and cabbage, 
eat plenty of those after ovulation to provide natural sulfur in the body. You can also take MSM, which is another um, supplement you can buy over the counter, and that will support all those sulfation pathways. And then the final piece of the puzzle is the gut, because if you have certain bacteria living in the gut, they can actually deconjugate, which means they can break apart the bonds that bind estrogen to what it's being detoxified with, and then it gets recirculated, it gets released back into circulation. So a good probiotic, a general good probiotic, and making sure your gut is healthy, and that's the final piece of the puzzle. Okay, hi Annalise. What would you recommend giving to a two-year-old who's recently recovered from tonsillitis, but he's going to the creche, and he's picking up lots of viruses and coughs and colds? It is the time of the year for it as well. It is, and it's perfectly natural actually, Patricia, because it's their immune system's now learning. Once they meet the bug for the first time, their immune system has to learn how to fight it. But the next time the immune system encounters that bug, it already knows. So it's a very, very fast response. So it's normal for kids to get lots of coughs and colds when they start school, when they go into crush, and especially now because we've been so isolated for two years. And really, if they get over it quickly, that's actually a good sign because the immune system is practicing and becoming powerful and strong. So I would suggest just supporting the immune system and... Um, there are things, make sure that vitamin D, all kids should be on a vitamin D as well. There's a lovely product called the Junior Elderberry Complex by BioNutri. We get great feedback on that every year. Um, and that's got elderberry antiviral, lysine antiviral, vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D and vitamin B6 in there, all great antiviral ones. So I would su- I'd suggest that. And then the Dr. Dealish Claire Kinderkind is a lovely one for sniffles and coughs and colds for treating the symptoms it gives immediate relief and it's actually quite easy to take and unusually it could even be given to small babies over the age of six months so the junior elderberry complex and the dr claire Kinderkind. okay sean now he doesn't say what but he just says i'm on a lot of medication should i be taking probiotics at the same time he doesn't say what type of medication he's Hard on though. To know, yeah i mean yeah. probiotics are never any harm but they're best taken if you're on an antibiotic Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories that you'd be using for pain-killing can also affect the gut, and a probiotic can be good for that as well. But um, other than that, really, I mean, if you're eating plenty of fermented foods in the diet, like yogurts and things like sauerkraut, the apple cider vinegar, if you can tolerate it, is great for the good bacteria. Um, if you can get those into your daily diet, for most of us, we really don't need to be on a probiotic. Hi, Annalise. What would you recommend for me, please? I have high white blood cells and I'm feeling very, very tired and weak. Now, I am on steroids. I've been on them for at least two years. It's for polymyalgia. I'm worn out from them. Any advice, please? Yeah, I think with polymyalgia, the steroids, as soon as you come off them for, uh, you know, they can they can help for a period of time, but generally symptoms will re- return. So with polymyalgia, it's about trying to figure out what is driving the inflammation there. It's quite a complex illness, Patricia, because it seems to be unregulated inflammation coupled with a heightened pain response. So what would feel like a touch to you or I would feel painful to somebody with Goodness. polymyalgia. So you're looking again, the gut, big, big factor uh, in polymyalgia in my experience, most people who have either autoimmune or polymyalgia or fibromyalgia, they all have some level of IBS or constipation or there's something going on with the gut. So um, I would definitely, you need to start at that level. And then looking to use high-level anti-inflammatories. So again, you're looking at your curcumin, your boswellia. Um, we get great feedback here on the Nutri-Advanced Curcumin, it's called Curcudine Forte. Um, that's a great one. It has both of those in there and we get really good feedback on it. Um, 
that's by Nutri Advanced. Again, it's a practitioner supplement, so you might find it hard to get, but we, we have it here in the shop. And um, magnesium is another one that can work very well if the muscles are very, very tight. With the elevated white blood cells, there could be a couple of different things driving that, Patricia, and there is no one um, product over the counter that will bring it down because it's not an issue as of itself. It's part of the bigger picture. So I think following an anti-inflammatory approach will work with that. There's um, Scientifica actually do a very good product. Um, it's called um, P40, I think it's called. Uh, we, we don't have it at the minute, but we often have that in the shop. That's another great natural anti-inflammatory and can sometimes help if everything is, is upregulated, like white blood cells, your CRP, which is another inflammatory marker as well. Um, so that's uh, worth trying. And then if the energy is low, source of life gold. Okay, and a final one. Question for Annalise. What would you recommend for neck and shoulder stiffness? It can lead to very bad headaches that isn't helped by stress. Okay. Um, so stress is the worst, really, for that type of a sore back and headache, Patricia. And everybody holds stress in a different place. Some people hold it in their stomachs. Some people hold it in their shoulders and their neck. And really, the only thing is to go to a good practitioner. I'd, I'd be exactly that type of person myself. So I go to a chiropractor, Karina Maloney. She's fantastic. And then I go for deep tissue massage to Frida Devoren. She's a physical therapist. And really, it's the only answer because uh, magnesium and rubbing magnesium in will help release out the stress of those muscles. But really, you need somebody who will either get in with their fingers or needles and just release it all out. That's the best advice I can give there. Okay, and you'll put up all of the information on your website, website. healthhubstore.com. Thanks for that, Annalise. Can I just mention one one time again, the Health Fest is going to be great. I'm going to do a talk on cognitive decline there, uh, but there's going to be another five speakers talking about the mood, gut-brain link, and there's going to be loads of exhibitors. I'll be there all day. It's only €22, eventbrite.ie. It's on next Sunday in the Radisson Little Island starting at 10 o'clock it's called Health Fest go to eventbrite.ie for your tickets Health Fest and it's next weekend next Sunday, next Sunday in the Radisson Little Island OK good luck with that thanks and we'll talk to you next Monday thanks for that that is Annelise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballincollig Nutritional Advice on C103 with Somega Ireland's purest range of health supplements to get you through winter better nutrition better health with Somega a West Cork company go Somega and just a couple of final comments before we go. Mary was listening to John from Cove who feels we should be leaving the Ukraine and the Russians fight it out and the rest of the world shouldn't be interfering. Uh, Mary uh, says, tell John to look online and see the six-year-old little girl who was very badly injured and died as a result of her wounds, her little lifeless body on a stretcher covered by a coat. And uh, tell John to go see that and see would that change John's uh, mind. Yeah, and it's children, isn't it? Children are the ones who are really going to suffer and the ones that always suffer when we have a war situation like this. It really is shocking. OK, and before I go, very quickly to remind you, are the C103 four play for 4K are four songs played back to back and in the correct order, the order being Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, Adele's Easy on Me, Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody and Ed's Sheeran's Bad Habits. When we played those four songs in that order, we did play Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits early on, but we need to play the four songs back to back. You need to be caller 103 to win €4,000 to 0818 103 103. That's the C103's 
4K for 4 Play with McCrew Motors where your journey to electric begins with the full range of Toyota self-charging hybrid vehicles. See McCroomMotors.com and stay listening to him only on C103. And what I can give you by way of a little bit of a hint, I can tell you that we guarantee that we're going to play our 4 Play for 4K sometime this week. So stay listening. OK, that's where I leave you. Nick Richards is with you. He could do it this afternoon. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at 10. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.